there are all kinds of great ideas that they hadn't even implemented, all kinds of systems, programs on their shelf. And it didn't matter whether they were a solopreneur or had a large company. And, and so I said, look, what they really need is an execution system. Because if they just did more of what they know, they'd be more successful. And it's true for everyone. If you did more of what you know, you'd be happier, you'd be healthier, you'd make a lot more money. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's up, Action Academy family? This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin, coming to you, unfortunately, with the last of the California interviews. It has been 10 days over here, and it has been sensational and awesome, but I have to finally go home back to Atlanta, which is okay because, hey, that's why we do this. That's why we do this entire game and do all of these shows and do all of this investing so that we can go live a life of our designs that we want to do what we want, when we want, with who we want. And man, what an episode ended on with the author of one of my favorite freaking business books. If you know me, if you've been friends with me on Facebook, on Instagram, I've been preaching about 12-week year for like three years now. This book is single-handedly the reason that I became a top-performing sales rep, and I took my income from, I think, 90000 to about two twenty, two thirty. So, and that was in one year. It works. The principles and concepts in this book work. Use this and use me as a case study. You can literally do it. And that's a heck of an intro for today's guest, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, 12-week year, Brian Moran. Today, we give you all the tools, tips, and strategies to accomplish more in 12 weeks than most people do in 12 months. Brian has used this technique from solopreneurs to Fortune 500 companies, and each and every time, the worst performance increase that he's seen is 30%. So think about what you could do in your life, income, and business with even a 30% increase. And now multiply that by 10, 100. These are the results that our people are getting through using this book and its methods and implementation systems. It just works. So I will let y'all get to the episode, but before that, you want to pause right here. Go into the show description. If you scroll down two or three times, two or three little finger taps, you will see the link to my new Action Academy newsletter. This is a must-do for all of you that are listening to the show. Every single Thursday, I'm going to send the top recaps that I have both on mic and off mic with the seven- to nine-figure entrepreneurs along with exclusive resources that they have. Also going to include a free ebook on how I left corporate America and the wealth tracker and net worth tracker that I've been using for the last three months. All of that, free, 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 free. Go and join the newsletter. It's going to be a game changer, and we're going to have 10,000 people on that newsletter by July 6th. You heard it here first. Now, this is my 12-week year, baby. Brian Moran. Brian Moran. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Brian. First off, strong name. Love the name. <laughs> yeah, spelled properly too, right? Spelled properly. Just laid out pure and simple. It's just the name of strong, capable men. That's what the name (laughs) Brian represents. There you go. Brian, for people listening, you know that it's been a long time coming for Mr. Brian Moran here to be on the show. 
And I was just telling him off camera that I made this happen out of thin air. I was driving down, filling out a bucket list item, driving from San Francisco to San Diego. And I saw that he had an interview with me today. And I was like, oh my God, I got to have a proper studio for Brian Moran. So I went to three different hotels. I found in Hampton Inn that would let me use their conference room. And now I'm in here. And we're about to have a fantastic conversation because whenever you need to make it happen, you make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's the can-do attitude. Yes, sir. So let's kick it off and start with your background. So introduce yourself to the people about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I grew up in Michigan, very middle class, had an opportunity. I was paying my way through college at Michigan State University. I'm a Spartan. Any Spartan part of the Spartan nation out there, your listeners. But um, at any rate, paying my way through college, working at UPS, which was a great opportunity. I was working the reload in the evening, part-time, paid really great, had benefits. <clears throat> and they had offered me a promotion into management to supervise that operation. I was getting a degree in physiology to be a strength coach. And I thought, nah, I don't think so. But then I, you know, I thought about it. I thought, why not? It's less, it's, it seemed like less work, less physical work anyways, and even better pay. So I took the job. And from there, they offered me a promotion to full-time, which I was going to take, except I wanted to move out of Michigan. I want to go to Southern California. But while I was working there, I got a chance to work for a guy that was really awesome as a coach, which nowadays is no big deal. But back then, no one even talked about that. That wasn't part of management. So, so I learned a ton from him, got in with PepsiCo out in California, and a couple of experiences there. Ended up switching my degree, getting a degree in business because I got kind of switched on to the whole business leadership thing mm-hmm. and became a real student of what's it take to perform at the highest levels? What's it take for me? What's it take for the people that I was leading? And to fast forward to today, everything we do at my company is really designed around that. How do we help our clients get more of what they want faster? So that's what we do. That's, that's kind of a little bit of background. We'll get into the book, obviously, because this is my bread and butter. This is the book that I recommend. It's this and the one thing by Gary Keller that I recommend always to everybody that's starting out, whether they're starting out or they're intermediate to advanced level. I always recommend it. I'm curious about the origination of the concept. Can you walk us backwards through originating the ideas and the concepts behind the 12-week year? Yeah. So, so Brian, we started out and I say we, Michael and I, we were working with our clients. And initially when I constituted the company, I kind of thought the value we're going to bring to top performers and leaders was really around new ideas and fresh approaches. And as I began to do that, I realized that they all had great ideas. There were all kinds of great ideas that, that they hadn't even implemented, all kinds of systems, programs on their shelf. And it didn't matter whether they were a solopreneur or had a large company. And and so I quickly kind of pivoted and said, look, what they really need, (laughs) whether they want it or not, what they need is an execution system. Because if they just did more of what they know, they'd be more successful. And it's true for everyone. If you did more of what you'd be happier, you'd be healthier, you'd make a lot more money. And so that's when we started to focus on what's it take to execute at a high level and began to work with what are the fundamentals of that and really kind of figured out the disciplines and principles that drive execution, drive high performance and we were operating with those in the context of an annual environment, like everybody does, right? We had our clients sure. set annual goals, build annual plans, broken them quarterly, monthly, and weekly. Um, but we really kind of felt like we weren't getting what they were capable. We were getting great results, but not what they were capable of. And one of our clients was in the cycling at the time and came to me and said, hey, you familiar with this concept called periodization? 
And I remember it from college bodybuilding days. So Michael and I took a look at that and it had some applicability. And that's really where the 12 week year was created. What we realized was that an annual cycle, a 12 month cycle, was just too long of time frame that it was easy to put things off, especially for the first nine, 10 months of the year. And, and then mm. people kind of cram at the end, which is not a good way to work, right? It's very stressful and you sacrifice a lot of things. One of the things you sacrifice all this capacity that was left on the table earlier in the year. And so that's where the 12 week year was born. And as you know from reading the book, our clients operate in the context of every 12 weeks as a year. And there aren't four of those in the year that's annualized. There's just this 12-week year followed by the next and so on. And so we apply the set of disciplines and principles within that context, which drives more consistent action and higher results. Yeah. And this was when you were originating, this was before the systems and processes game was sexy, right? Because now it's, it's openly talked about. But back then, I don't think anybody was talking about it, right? No, and they still, most of them still don't realize the one system they lack is an execution system. And that's true for mm. individuals. It's true for most companies. Even we work with multi billion dollar companies, they don't have an execution system, which runs all the rest of them, right? It yeah. optimizes everything else. So they spend all time, effort, and energy on selling systems and marketing systems and HR and servicing and all of that. And they miss the one system that drives everything. And a perfect example of this that's applicable to everyone, if you think back to college, and I don't remember if you had this in the book, you may have, but when you think back to college years and you think back to that assignment that was due at the end of the class and everyone, you knew that the assignment was coming, you knew it was coming, you knew when it was due, you knew the amount of work that you needed to put every single week to be able to get it done. What did we all do? Even the higher performers, we all waited to the last week or the last day to cram the entire assignment and the rest of the time we spent stressing about it. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. <laughs> With that sense of foreboding, right? And so that's why I love that's why I love the operating system that you have because it brings things front of mind. You're not looking off in the coast. You're not looking off in the distance. It's right in front of your face. So was there a glass shattering moment where you realized where you went from the conceptualization of this to actualization where you're like, hey, Michael, I, I like this idea, this whole concept that we've got going on. Let's put this thing to the test and see if it works. Yeah. So we had been working with the concepts, the, the disciplines and principles, and, and again, very effective with it. But what the 12-week year concept added was almost like an accelerant, mm. right? It's like gasoline on a fire. It just went boom. Because the focus narrowed from 12 months to 12 weeks, which meant there, there was a, a sense of urgency, a healthy urgency that just doesn't exist in a 12-month cycle until the very end. And then it's stressed out urgency. So you could see it immediately. The more people embrace the 12 weeks as a year, the greater that sense of urgency is. And so the more consistent they are with their actions. And so it, it was evident out of the gate as we applied it for ourselves. So how that book got written was we were going to a conference as a vendor and we were thinking about what kind of stuff are we going to give away? And we've been thinking about writing a book. And I just said, Mike, let's just write a short format book. Let's leave out all the fluff. And we wrote a book called Periodization 12 Weeks to Breakthrough, went down to Kinko's and self-published, right? <laughs> printed a hundred copies, went to the conference, sold them for 10 bucks. And from that sold a couple hundred thousand copies of that book. We, we wrote that thing in 12 weeks. And it literally changed, changed our life. You know, but it was just, 
It was just documenting what we had done. <clears throat> so we knew the concept worked because we had tested it with clients, tested it in our own business. Did you act, did you actually write this thing in 12, 12 we weeks? It, we wrote it in 12 weeks. Yeah. Oh my God. By design, because we had, that's when the conference happened to be, it happened to be three months out and we're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Occasionally you'll see those on eBay for sale still. <laughs> I love it. Before we get into an actual breakdown for those, because the audience is probably split in half where half of them are f- very familiar with the book and the other half are not familiar with the book and they understand the concepts that we're saying, but we can dive in. But before we do that, to cement what you're about to say and cement the value, do you have any data that you can remember off the top of your head about companies that you've taken or individuals that have also used this to where you're like, here they were at point A, implemented, here's the point B? Yeah, it's it varies from a decent improvement to crazy improvement. So the average salesperson, which is great to use because you can really measure the impact, right? The average salesperson is a 15 to 30% bump in their first 12 weeks. We have thousands and thousands that have 100, 200, 300%, 400% increases, right? We helped a billion dollar brokerage double their app count in six months. Think about the impact of that. So, so if you apply it, it has an impact. We've not had anyone apply it and not get better. The amount of the impact depends on where you're at and and what you built in your plan and how much you stretched on your goals and to what degree are you executing on it. But yeah, we've got tons of data that shows it works. Are you guys listening yet? Are you guys (laughs) listening yet? Would you like to increase your productivity by by 30%, 300%? Because it's possible. I'll tell you how I did it. And then we'll get into into the actual uh, concepts here. But for people listening, when I was a sales professional, I had a quota, let's call it $15,000 of weekly recurring revenue. And that was the yearly quota. So the level that you perform at is all based off of the level of questions that you're asking, right? So instead of asking, how do I get 15,000 in a year? Then you can be, and once you change that question, that's not that huge of a question. Maybe that would get you in the top 30% of the company. But if you bring it down to how do I get 15,000 in 12 weeks? That's a big question. And what your system allowed for me to do is take the emotion out of it, right? Because now it's not an emotional, it's not an emotional process. Now it's okay, here's the 12-week goal. And then it's broken down into three mini goals that I'm actually taking action on and tracking and making my tick marks on to get that 80% hit every single week. There's no emotional reaction. I'm just doing my process and lo and behold. What did I do? I hit it in 12 weeks. And then the rest, and then I became the number, I think I was the number nine guy out of 5,079 Fortune 500 sales organization. It works. It worked for me. So there you go. You can add that to the back of your book. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. But that's, it's simple. It's not complicated, but it's not Mm-mm. easy either. Right. But one of the no. things you have to recognize is you don't control the outcomes. The goals are always the outcome. What I control are the actions. And so, that's what the system's designed to do is help you focus on the actions and take those actions more consistently and the results come online. It's not complicated. Perfect. So people listening that are not familiar with the book are now familiar with the concept of 12 week year to where you're taking your big, hairy, audacious goals and instead of annualizing them and then chopping them up into that annual goal and then breaking it down into monthly, quarterly, weekly goals, you're taking that annual goal and you're putting it into a 12-week frame and you're saying literally, hey, how do I accomplish this in 12 weeks? 
So they know that to that extent about the 12 week year. Can you talk about the others, the other concepts and methods in the book that you use to implement for this? Yeah, before I do there, let me just comment on that because it isn't always about taking the annual goal and setting that as the 12 week goal, right? That may be too big a stretch. That may not be possible, but it's really looking at the 12 weeks as the year because the big thing is the 12 week year, if it's anything, is a mindset shift, it's a thinking shift, it's getting out of that annual environment because. People say, what's the difference between that and quarterly planning, quarterly goal setting? Well, a quarter is part of a whole. It's one fourth of a whole. The 12 week year is the whole. Mm. And so, whatever I set for my goal, whether it's what I used to do annually or it's a portion of that, will be determined every 12 weeks. But once I set that, I'm locked in. And, and when I realize that I don't control the outcomes, it does give me more freedom to stretch in terms of my goals. But I don't want your listeners thinking, oh, I just automatically take the annual goal and make it a 12 week goal. We have people that that would be limiting, right? Sure. We have others that's too much of a stretch. So it really depends on your situation. Over time, though, what will happen is you'll base your 12-week year goals more on 12-week year trends than you will on any annualized number. Got it. Do you have any advice Any to, to add some extra color to that? Do you have any advice about the process of goal setting when it comes to setting your actual 12-week 12 12-week 12 goal? Yeah, one is it needs to be tied to a longer-term vision. Mm. So when we talk about the five disciplines of the 12-week year, the first starts with vision because that's your why. And so what do you want your life to look like three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? And what does great look like? Not good, but great. God willing, you're going to be here. And then we align the 12-week goals with that. So that is, is a big piece of determining what that 12-week goal should be. The other thing would be Often, because people have been annualized, they're going to have to take that annual goal as one data point. And the tendency, more than setting that as the entire 12 week goal, is divided by four, which is really limiting. So, but mm. it is a data point, right? And then looking at what's the best 12 weeks I've ever had, what would be a great 12 week year in and of itself, what things do I have working in my favor, what headwinds am I facing? So, it's really um, about really analyzing where you're at. And stretching on what you think you're capable of. And to some degree, the degree of stretch at the goal is predicated on, am I willing to do the heavy lifting? Am I willing to do the actions that it takes to hit that goal and do them consistently? Because that's the key to it. And and I know that's one of the the key concepts, but can you hit on the actions part? Because if I remember correctly, you said to focus on specifically two to three. Yeah, we would say the critical few, Brian. So what that means is the least number of actions to hit the goal. It might be three, it might be 13, it might be 23. I don't know, right? It's the the, the marketplace is going to, to some degree, determine what actions it takes to accomplish the goal. And so Mm -hmm. your job is just figure out what that is. And if you have some experience, then you use that. If not, then you're going to have to guess at it, right? A little bit and then go out and fail faster and dial it in that way. But it's all it's about the critical few, meaning I don't put everything I can think of in the plan. I'm going to sort through it and say, boy, if there was only one thing I could do from an action standpoint, what would have the biggest impact? That's my first tack. If there's only one more thing, and I'm going to go through that process until I figure like I've got enough of the right actions to accomplish the goal. And wherever that ends up is where it ends up. And then so that's like the Pareto principle, right? It's like the 20% that yield 80% of the result. What are the high payoff activities, right? So I'm not, I'm not getting all caught up in all the busy work and all the low level activities. I'm really focused on the high payoff activities that are really going to drive the accomplishment of what I'm after. 
an example of this for, and I like that you said that, and I wanted to hit on that because I've done, I've also failed at 12 week years because I, because I put too much. Yeah. I put, it wasn't that, it wasn't that the goal was too big. It was that there were too many goals. That was it. There's too many. So it was like, uh, I had a weight loss one. I, I was trying to learn Portuguese and I was trying to be like the top. You know, our, sales our, our book is in Portuguese. So just so you know, so once you it's learn a, that, you can get that and read it in Portuguese. There we go. Muito bem. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. There we go. Yeah, yeah, so that's girl. a common mistake, yeah. right? Be, partly because you're used to planning annually and 12 months seems like a long time that you can have a ton of goals. But the truth of the matter is whether you're planning annualized, you're planning 12 week year, we all have limited capacity, you have limited time, you have limited energy, limited intellect. And that's not a slam. It's just a reality. And mm-hmm. so every time we take on one more thing, it reduces the probability of us being great at any of it uh, pretty significantly. So just like at the tactic level, at the goal level is where it first starts, is let's focus in. Let's pick one, maybe two goals for the 12-week year. What are the two most important things that if you really nail them this 12 weeks would be business life-changing for you? Now let's do that the next 12 weeks, then the next 12 weeks. And very quickly, that becomes life-changing. So let's continue to hit, let's continue to hit on the goals here so we can really drive this point home because yeah, as soon as I did that, then I, that's when I was able to take off when my, my, when I took all the rest of that off and I was like, okay, cool. My 12 week years, just this output as a sales professional, this is what my focus is right now. And now it's with the podcast. So now my 12 week years all around the podcast and growing the show and growing this. So I've got metrics. And then one of my metrics was the amount of cold calls per day. And then the amount of door knocks per day, the amount which of follow-up. Which would be tactics in your plan as well, right? Which would be tactics in my plan. So those are the tactics to hit my one goal. And then once I put all of my eggs into that basket, then that's when I started seeing traction. I started seeing progress. So can you speak on, can we keep hitting on about maybe some mistakes, some other common mistakes that you see with people that are creating their 12-week plan in general, like maybe some common mistakes, and then we can get into the tactics and your strategies around that. Yeah. One is the first one is what you mentioned. They put too much in it because Mm -hmm. they're used to planning annually. Another is we don't get really clear on the outcome, right? It's kind of, and so getting really specific where if we can't quantify it, we have to qualify it. What's different 12 weeks from today? How will I know it? Because if you can't define there, you can't build a plan. So really getting clear on what do I want different 12 weeks from today, either quantify it. If it's sales or building revenue for your business or something like that, that's easy to quantify. If it's improving a relationship or something like that, that may be a little more difficult. And then another piece is making sure that at the tactic level, we spell out, we get very granular. In other words, we get down to discrete actions. Things like conduct a, conduct a workshop, conduct a seminar, conduct a podcast is way too broad. There's a series of steps that lead up to conducting a successful workshop or podcast. What are those? I mean, we got to get very granular, which most people aren't used to planning that way. They're used to planning conceptually. And the problem with conceptual planning is twofold. One, you can't execute concepts. And two, because you can't execute them, because they're broad, you don't know what worked and what didn't work. So when we get tactical... Mm your plan leaves a breadcrumb trail. You're going to know specifically what got done, what didn't get done, what worked, what didn't work. And honestly, Brian, that's how our clients dial it in. That's how our clients are able to accomplish more in 12 weeks 
the most in 12 months. It's not about doing more. It's not about taking everything you do in 12 months and trying to cram it into 12 weeks. It's about being more consistent with the things that really move the needle. Dollar productive activities. Can you give an example, even if it's made up about this entire process in general? So I maybe come up with a fictitious. Okay. So here to be an example of what a 12 week goal, a good 12 week goal would be. And here's an example of what the tactics could be for that accomplishment of that goal that would fit really well within the framework and be a very tight, achievable process to follow. So there's some examples in our book. I'm going to give you, we have a free getting started course too. There'll be more samples there. Perfect. But if you go to 12weekyear.com forward slash getting started and just drop in your name and email, you'll get three different emails from me. But a great example would be just, let's say I had a sales goal of 120,000 or 120 million, really doesn't matter. But let's say I'm an individual sales rep and I got a sales goal of 120,000 for the next 12 weeks. That's my goal. It's an outcome. It's very measurable, right? I know where there is. If I hit 119, I didn't make it, right? So some tactics might be to develop a list of centers of influence, 12 different centers of influence. Another tactic might be to meet with one center of influence each week to get three referrals. Another one might be to block out time each day to make calls. Another one might be to schedule 10 appointments per week. Another might be to conduct eight appointments per week, right? You get the feel for that. I'm just giving you, it's real general, but you can see how that flows together. And again, what I'm looking for are the critical few tactics. One tactic might be to ask for a referral three times a day. Very specific action. I'm going to know each week whether I've done that or not. And I'm going to know whether or not it's producing. So it, those, the, the plan itself is very granular, right? So that we know the magnitude of the work. We know what matters most and we know whether or not it worked. It leaves a breadcrumb trail, as I said, where a conceptual plan would be a podcast, right? Run podcast. It, it would be get referrals. It would be go on appointments, right? That's, that's just too, too conceptual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't execute that stuff. I love it. And if I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that there was a part of the book where it was talking about hitting 80% of those tactics. Yeah. So from an execution standpoint, what we found is that if, if you're around 80% or higher week in and week out, in most cases, you're going to hit the goal, which I think is really encouraging because none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And what it says, is you don't have to be perfect. In fact, we have people that execute at 50% and hit the goal. It's just the probability of it is so much lower. We've got the, the, just tons and tons of data on the correlation between 80 plus percent and hitting the goal, either individually or collectively as a team. Yeah. And I love that because yeah, it does humanize it and it helps whenever you do make a mistake. Like for me, even to put the context back into a gym. So if you were to do a 12 week year for the gym, it'd be, Oh, I want to lose, maybe we'll call it 12 pounds, 12 pounds, 12 weeks. And then if you were to not hit, maybe your goal is five gym sessions per week. If you were to hit four gym sessions, you can't, you wouldn't have to beat yourself up because you're still hitting your mark. But I love that little bit of human wiggle room there. Like that's, that's perfect because that's then the that reality allowed, of it, right? Cause you, you don't need yeah. to be perfect to be great. You're not going to be perfect, but just to clarify one thing, we would talk about the goal is the outcome. What you talk about as weekly goals, we would call tactics. Yep. <clears throat> the actions are tactics. And the reason that's important, Brian, is because oftentimes people will set a, an action as a goal. You mentioned weight loss. We'll see people set a goal of working out four times a week. The problem with that is a goal. It's not a goal. It's an action. And it needs to be tied to something more aspirational, like losing 12 pounds, right? Why do I want to work out? That's, mm-hmm. that's the goal. The answer to 
the why is to lose 12 pounds, the why is to 10% body fat, the why is to lower blood pressure, whatever that may be, that's the goal. That's the outcome. The working out is part of the tactical plan. Yep. Yep. That'd be part of the tactics where you're like, one of the tactics would be going to the gym five times a week. Right. That'd be one of the tactics. That's what I was talking about with the four. Yep. Okay. Perfect. So do you notice, is there any difference that you've seen with people? Because now you've run so many thousands of people through this. Is there any different differentiators between ones that, that either like really get it or they don't? or ones that you see that are skyrocketing with this program versus ones that are just, they're doing all right, but they're not really killing it. Is it just a matter of commitment or what do you see? Yeah, it, t- it ties to commitment, right? It's really the the willingness to do the heavy lifting, to do the actions, because sometimes I think people think the 12 week year is going to be this magic system, right? Just by, it's like buying the Nordic track, I'm going to lose weight. No, you got to get on the damn thing, right? You got to, right? whether it's the <laughs> Peloton on. or whatever. And it's the same thing with the 12 week year. The 12 week year is going to create the structures for you and it's going to do everything it can to help you, but you've got to be willing to do the action. And the number one reason people struggle with the 12 week year is because they're not willing to take the action. And the 12 week year makes them, forces them to look at it every. And so they either step up or they drop out, but there's a number of them that drop out because they're just not willing to do what it takes. And so we would say that's okay. You have to go adjust your vision and settle for less in life. Because if you continue to think you're going to live this life, but you're not willing to do this, you're delusional. (laughs) Mm. Because anything worthwhile in life takes effort. And if you said, this is the effort it takes to create these goals and live this life, but I'll do it later. Come on, man, let's confront that. Let's either decide you're willing to pay the price and do the work or you're not. And if you're not, let's quit kidding yourself that you're going to have the kind of lifestyle you want. Yeah. And that's what makes it worthwhile is the work. If it just came to you for free, it wouldn't be worthwhile. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the stumbling block for everyone. The, the, the biggest bugaboo for everyone accomplishing what they're capable of is that internally we're wired for comfort. That's what we seek. We seek comfort. We seek. Look at the highest paid professionals, their entertainers, their athletes. Why is that? Because we can just sit on our butt and watch that, right? It takes no effort to engage with that. And so we are wired for comfort. If you're going to be great in any area of your life, you're going to have to sacrifice that comfort. You're going to have to get out there and do the things that it takes um, to be great. And I love that you're tying it all back into vision and you start and end with vision. That's the differentiator because a lot of people, especially in business, they get so lost in the dollars and cents that they forget about the actual why behind it, right? Yeah. Or the vision is just for the business. Well, business is part of life. So, so if I get my business to this level, what does that allow me to do in my personal life? What does that enable for me? Because that's the true why. Everything from my self-esteem, my self-image, my confidence to what the financial success can do for me and what I can do in terms of generosity, in terms of my family, in terms of multiple generations or whatever, whatever is meaningful to you, but making sure you're connected to that. Because that's part of what gives me the motivation on a weekly basis to do that heavy lifting, to take the action. I love that. And that kind of goes along with my why. So it's like every day I wake up and I ask myself, what would the eight figure version of me do? And that's kind of my framework that I use to set my goals and set the tactics as well, because I almost personify this separate version of myself, which it is me, 
But for me, this is just how it works. Is I'm, I'm like, anytime that I'm on my phone and maybe I'm getting caught up in social media, I said, hey, would the eight-figure version of you be scrolling through TikTok for going on hour two now? No, <laughs> hell no. No, that guy's... And I can almost see that version of me standing there with his arms crossed, just giving me the bird, flipping me the bird. Like, it's not going to get the ball down the field. And so I'll literally say, hey, Brian, stop it. And I'll get back to what I got to get done because it all goes back to the 20%. And I love that you said the sitting there and feeling the pain of, hey, maybe because I'm not hitting these goals every single time, I'm now aware that this ideal in my head that I think I'm about to do, I'd need to adjust that if I'm not willing to put the work in because it's impossible. It's not going to happen. And then confronting that reality. Yeah, that is huge. So for you right now, what are some things that you're implementing currently in your 12 in your personal 12 week year? What, what's next for you? Yeah, we're we wrote a new book came out the end of December called Uncommon Accountability. Really? Because, you know, there's two chapters in the 12 week year on accountability. And we've worked with that concept for a couple of decades now. We have a very, very different view and it's really powerful. So people wanted more. We had more to say. So that came out. So we are launching accountability groups because as you were saying, right, the, even if I'm connected to my vision, I'm still going to be more effective if there's some sort of peer support involved. And so accountability groups mm-hmm. are really powerful. If you understand what accountability truly is, if you're looking for someone to hold you accountable, I would say that's a, that's a codependent relationship. That's not healthy. But if you're looking to be accountable and you're looking for people to support, that, that's what we're, that's what we're doing now with the accountability groups. Say more on that. What do you mean by that? Well, so our view of accountability, most people experience accountability as consequences. That's how it's applied in life, right? You listen to the news any day of the week and you hear someone talk about someone who's done something wrong and they're going to hold them accountable, which means Hmm. what? We're going to punish them. And so that's how people experience accountability. And yet intuitively, I think people know that to be successful, you got to be accountable. So there's this big disconnect. And so in the 12 week year, we talk about accountability, not as consequences, but as ownership based on free will choice. And so how you think about accountability affects everything in your life, from your health, your relationships, your income, your fulfillment. And so just helping people really understand accountability for what it is and what it isn't. Ultimately, I think it's the most empowering concept you have to live the life you want to live. And so, so that new book's called Uncommon Accountability. And so our big thing right now is we're all in on these accountability groups because of the impact they can have. I love that you say that because I just did an interview with one of one of my friends that I'm in business with. And he said, we were talking about the concept of partnerships. And he said, and we were talking about advice on finding good partnerships. Yeah. And one of my questions to him was, okay, cool. What do you do to find partnerships? Like, what do you do to find good partnerships, good relationships? He said, you're asking the wrong question. I said, okay, what question should I be asking? And he said, the question you should be asking is how do I be such a good partner myself that the other quality partners are attracted to me? So I feel like that's exactly what you're saying here, where if you're looking for people to hold you accountable Instead of asking, because instead of seeking that codependence, you're seeking, how do I become the accountable person that maybe hold, helps hold other people accountable? And then all of a sudden, it's a reciprocal relationship. Is that kind of what you're getting at? 
Yeah, the only kind of accountability there is self-accountability. And you can have people support you in that. But if you're looking for someone to hold you accountable, you're trying to transfer the burden of perform off of you onto somebody else. And then it goes back out of your internal locus of control. And now you're, you're shifting the blame back out into the mindset, right? Yep. If, and typically, if there's an area you're struggling in, whether it's business or a relationship, there's a lack of ownership there. Right? You're waiting for mm-hmm. someone or something to change. When you take ownership of it, it changes. doesn't guarantee you're going to make happen what you want to happen, but it guarantees you're going to bring everything you can to making that outcome happen. And that's all you can do in life. And then you're still following your, your own actions. You're still following your controllables. You're still following your process. And you're focusing on your lead measures, not your lag measures. I love that you said that too. And then also, uh, I want to circle back on this about the actual tracking of the tactics. So we have our goals set, we have our habits, we have our tactics that we're ticking off. I was literally ticking them off every single day. Is there any specific ways that you see that give an extra edge when you're tracking your tactics? No. So a couple of things here. We track the results, lead and lags. We score the execution. So the easiest way to do it is we have software available called Achieve. It's really inexpensive. It's like 150 bucks a year, but it put, you put your plan in there, it creates a weekly plan, creates a scorecard. You'll go in and check off what got done. It'll calculate a score between zero and 100%. So, so how you track your results doesn't matter. Just track them, mm-hmm. right? The lead and lag indicators. But the missing piece for most people is that scoring of the execution. And that's the most powerful indicator you have because we control the actions, not the outcomes. That's, if you want to predict the future, look to your daily actions. And that's why the 12-week year is focused on that. So, so whether you do it on a spreadsheet or you use our software, it's really about scoring your execution, tracking your results. And in those two sets of numbers, everything's told. Because there's only four scenarios you can have in those and, and at any point in time. And so you'll know where the breakdown is. You'll know if it's in your plan or you'll know if it's in your execution. And by the way, most of the time it's the execution, but it's important that you know which it is because most people, when they're not hitting the goal, change the plan Yep. because it's easier and because they don't have a way to pinpoint the breakdown. So with the 12 week year, if you're scoring your execution and you're tracking the outcomes, you'll know. So as long as you're hitting that 80% every single week, you could look at that scorecard on Sunday and say, okay, what kind of week did I have? I had a 40% week. Then you can't bitch about the result. Right, right. right. The breakdown isn't you got a bad plan. Where's the breakdown? It's I'm not doing enough of what's in the plan. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. What's it going to take for me this week? Don't worry about the next six or seven weeks. Just this week to work the plan. What am I choosing to do that's not in the plan? Sit on social media for two hours. Why am I choosing mm-hmm. that over what's in the plan? What's it going to take for me to do what's in the plan this week? I'll worry about next week. And that's and how can, we get better. And then all of a sudden, now improvement is even more measurable because now you can look and you can keep metrics about every single week. You can say, okay, cool. Here in the beginning, I was having 60, 70% weeks, but now I've improved and now I'm having 80, 90 95% weeks. And now that's improvement. And then that's a game that we can control. And then that's a win that we can control through our lead measures, right? Yeah, that and you've got confidence that the results are going to come online, right? So mm-hmm. oftentimes people start down a path and three or four weeks in, the result hasn't happened. So they bail. Well, results are always lag. So this way I know 
if I'm at least scoring well with my execution, I can, I, I know that at some point the results are coming online. It may be longer than what I thought because there may be more gestation between the action and the outcome, but I, I can do have confidence that, look, I am on track, right? I don't have to veer right now because the results aren't showing. I know from my execution scores that each week I'm slaying it. Whether, again, whether I've sold the thing, you know, I could be in sales, haven't made a sale yet. Yeah. I know I'm still oh, doing yeah. great. Why? Because I'm taking the actions. And if I take enough of the right actions, the sales come. Yeah, I was about to say, then what happens, Brian? Then all of a sudden, it's that last week of the quarter, and then that massive account pops out of nowhere. It's always the one, too, that you're not even actively working. It's, you're putting in, I call it sales karma. You're putting yeah, all yeah. your work in, and then you're talking to these 40 other accounts. And all of a sudden, that one account that you followed up with a quarter ago that said they were ready to go, all of a sudden, they pop right, off. Right, right. Because you're constantly filling the pipeline with more. You're not, right? You're not dead. It's like circling the bases versus hitting the grand slam, right? Just, yep. just a lot of singles and doubles and get on base and keep it moving. And that stuff piles up to the point that it's like compound interest, right? A couple of days, that couple of weeks of that, no big deal. But day after day, week after week after week, 12 short weeks can make a big difference. Now you multiply that over a number of 12 week years and that's where it gets crazy fun. Talk about the 13th week. Yeah. So we work in a lot of big corporations, so they are annualized to some degree. We're never going to get away from that. That's what the public accounting companies want and things Especially like that. Especially public, public companies yeah, too. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but we got to get out of that mindset of the annual environment. So if you look, at, you look at it on an annual basis, there's four extra weeks, and that's the 13th week. So the 13th week is a flex week. It's the week where we stop the world, assess the last 12 weeks, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what can we learn from that? And then we lock and load for the next 12. It's also the week where we celebrate. That's so huge. Had a great 12 week year. I might take the whole week off. If we haven't had a great 12 week year, I might take a day to celebrate, but it's always an opportunity to celebrate. If not outcomes and success is certainly progress. And that matters because that creates energy. It creates focus. It creates culture. It's really important. And people forget people. And that's another, that's a whole other thing is people celebrate the lag measures and people have these ideas that the only way that they win is with the lag with the end result but for me i started shifting my celebrations on the 13th week to hey i hit 80 percent every single week and i had a 12 week year where i didn't even hit my goal and but i had 80 percent over and over again and then that week that 13 week 13th week i hit because, <laughs> because i was still celebrating i was like and for me it could be anything from a trip, traveling, I love traveling, to buying buying something that I really want that's expensive. So for me, it was buying a new set of golf clubs. I was yeah. like, okay, cool. I want to get this set of golf clubs. That's going to be my celebration for hitting. If I hit 80% every single week on my tactics, then I know that I can buy those golf clubs. If not, I'm not getting them. Yeah. I I did that. Only mine was a Bentley. So it's a little there you go. Expensive. But there you go. Thing, I got the right? Bentley of golf clubs, man. <laughs> got my Pebble Beach hat on. I, I just left Pebble Beach. I was up there. I was up there yesterday. I stayed there. Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah, I loved it. But I'm curious as we as we finish this up, as we wrap this up, I I have a lot of authors on here, and they talk about the absolute pain in the tail it is to uh, release a book mm -hmm. and do all the press and PR and marketing for it because. That's the grind. I'm curious about what your execution strategy was. What was your 12-week year for releasing the 12-week year? 
I'm curious to see what your tactics were to, because well, it's a New know, York Times bestseller. Seller. Yeah. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of experience with that book before we wrote it because we had done the self-published version. Okay. So we had quite a following. And so when that one launched, I mean, we had clients like Allstate bought 12,000 of them, Mass Mutual bought 6,000, right? And we had clients that just bought a bunch of them and continue to buy them. It's that book's a bit of an anomaly, Brian, in that every year it sells more than it did the prior year. And really? And we're what, nine years into it. It's in 15 languages now. And so our promotion with that primarily is word of mouth and podcasts. Hey, Action Academy is going to help you with the 10th year strong, baby. There you go. There you go, man. <laughs> we got, and those Brazilians, man, those Brazilians are eating it up down with the Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Great. I love it. Man. I love it, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. And it's been awesome hearing it from you and hearing your perspectives. One final question that I have. Well, first, plug the new book again. Where can people find it? And then also plug the software that you were discussing. Yeah, yeah. Uncommon Accountability is the new book. You can get it at any Amazon, Barnes & Noble's favorite bookstore. UncommonAccountability.com is the site. What was the other? Oh, the Achieve software is on 12weekyear.com. Got it. Just go to resources and look for that software. Yeah, and if we can help in any way, take a look at these accountability groups. They're powerful. We've been testing them and we think we've got a, a really great product there that is making a difference for the people that are enrolled. I love that. And we do that We do that in our uh, Mastermind Go Abundance. We have groups of six, so accountability pods we meet with weekly. And then we have all of our goals that we're kind of operating 12-week year style. And we check them off and we hold each other to it to where we'll literally be like, hey, you are really dropping the ball here. What are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. And then you have to just look them in the eyes and say, hey, like I was lazy this week. <laughs> a figure version of me wasn't talking. That guy was passed out drunk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, the last question I have for you is the same that I ask in all these episodes now, which is it's fun for me. I always ask, what is one thing about you that you're very proud of in your life or your business that most people don't know about you? I don't, if, you, if you don't know me, if you know me well, you know this, but I'm proud of being, a, being an awesome father. I have two girls. Being a dad is probably the, the biggest blessing I have in my life. And, and that's a life of tremendous blessings. So I, I love that. My goal and my wife's goal has always been to be the number one influence on our girls. And so that means spending a lot of time, spending quantity time as well as quality time. And so we're big on family identity. I, I love who my girls are and um, very proud of who they are. And yeah, I think I'm a great dad. I love it, brother. I love it. So uh, 12weekyear.com is where people find you. Yep. And uncommonaccountability.com. 12weekyear.com and uncommonaccountability.com. I love it. And then you also had your, and then 12 week year, you could go on and get the examples and resources. Yeah. 12 year.com yeah. forward slash getting started is where you can get some samples on, uh, on the 12 week year. Perfect. And then also on our end, we're going to include all of this and we're going to shoot this out in our email list to all of you as well. So join both Brian's email list here because we both are stand up guys. Both, both great guys, great names, bold names, strong names. And so you want to be on our email list. We send good ones. So I will include all of this in the show description and you will get that everyone in your inbox to all these links to 12 week year on Thursday. So Brian, 
Greatly appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. All right. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to the Action Academy podcast, helping you to choose what you want with who you want when you want. You've been given the gift of freedom. Don't turn your back on that. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some practical and useful information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media. Remember, financial independence is freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Freedom fly.